Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're listening to the season 11 finale of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Woohoo! Thank you so much for joining us. This <laughs> is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. We're really excited today. Uh, we mentioned maybe a little bit last week that this is somewhat of an unprecedented episode. Mm-hmm. In the tradition of our season finales, we once again have a composer spotlight with an exclusive interview, except... This time, things are going to be a little bit different in terms of how we went about getting this interview with one of our favorite composers. Absolutely. So the first thing that might be uh, a little different about this particular finale episode is this is a composer that I would not say is a household name when it comes to video game music. Maybe a little bit more obscure games work that this composer has done, but some of the most amazing melodies and just overall goodness that I've heard in video <laughs> games ever since I've been a fan. So today we're spotlighting on composer Yosuke Yasui. Uh, anyone who's a fan of our podcast will actually be familiar with that name. Right. He's an amazing composer, Japanese composer, who's done uh, really great work such as the Mamoru-kun Curse, um, which is just an amazing uh, FM synth soundtrack. He's also done scores such as Eschados, Ginga Force, and, and many more. So he's just such a unique composer, Has walks this great line between old school classic sounding VGM, but mixing it with a lot more uh, sophistication and, and complicated chord changes. Right. I would say when it comes to video game composers, he's the type of person who is right up your alley, Carl. Oh, yes. It's all very groovy music. It's melodic. It has interesting production Mm -hmm. and there is this improvisational jazz soloistic element and flavor to a lot of his music that's just really infectious amen to that so that's the first thing that's a little bit different about this finale the second thing that's different is we actually went about this in a very different way typically we record like pretty decently long interviews via skype right um but because this is a japanese composer that wasn't really an option so what we did for this interview the first thing we should mention is that it was done via email right Now, because of that, it's not as conversational, it's more question and answer, and it's also much shorter. So we actually have a lot more room today to play much more tracks than we would normally. Which I think will be perfect, because like you mentioned before, there might be a lot of you who may not be as familiar with uh, Yasui's work, Mm -hmm. and we really ought to do that, because he is a fantastic composer. The other thing I'll say about the interview, and I'm so excited to share it, because this is now uh, our second interview that's been translated with a Japanese composer and we mm-hmm. have to give shout outs to the translator later on um, but I think because of the way that it was done even though it's shorter in terms of length it's a much more dense interview because we were able to construct music specific questions yeah. and we were so fortunate that he gave us these very wonderful detailed answers and that doesn't always happen when we right. interview people kind of in the heat of the moment sometimes they take times to sometimes it takes them you know a little bit to think of an answer or True. we go in a different direction these were all sort of planned out questions and, and there responses. Is, there's something nice for uh, the interviewee to have it via email, give them time to think of the answers right. and pick, choose their words. So we're very fortunate that uh, Yasui-san took the time to answer our questions. Wonderful composer. We're so glad to shine more of a light on this talented gentleman. So let's get into it, okay? We have a lot of great music to play today. What you guys heard playing in was, of course, a track from maybe, I would 
would argue his his masterpiece so far. This is Mamoru Kun Cursed. The English title is Mamoru Has Been Cursed, a soundtrack that Will and myself are very familiar with. <laughs> we adore this soundtrack. Uh, it basically is this uh, FM synth arcade slash Genesis throwback soundtrack. So basically it sounds perfect. <laughs> it's favorite. really, really happy, really, really groovy. What you guys heard playing in was a track called One Step at a Time. And everything today is composed by Yosuke Yasui. Let's let's move on to now uh, a game in the Mega Man series that Yasui actually contributed to, along with a lot of other composers. Uh, he worked a lot with uh, teams of composers where he would contribute maybe one, two tracks, and then you know other composers would contribute others. So so that was very common uh, so far in his career. Now what's great is there's a few examples of games that he got to solely compose, and we're going to get to that later. But this is Mega Man Network Transmission, which is definitely more of an obscure game in the series, but very jazzy soundtrack. We're going to take a listen to a nice thing to start off today. This is Relaxation. Let's take a listen. Jazzy stuff. You guys are listening to Relaxation from the GameCube game Mega Man Network Transmission, which was released in 2003. And Yasui is a fairly young guy, so this was a very early work from him for the video game industry. Very young when he worked on this. I think this is there's maybe only two tracks that he contributed to the soundtrack, so he was kind of just getting started. But uh, Will, what are your thoughts on this? I love this track. First of all, I love the old school jazz vocabulary. Some of those mm-hmm. wonderful, you know, flat nine chords that feel very much of an older era and again perfect for video games what I so love about the classic era of video game music and I feel like with a lot of Yasui's work there is that influence from game music as well and it's this resurgence of in my opinion a richer harmonic palette Mm -hmm. using some of these jazz chords that have kind of been non-existent in the pop music sphere for decades. Absolutely. And this is just a great uh, kind of first introduction, other than that play-in track from Amaru Kun Curse. Great introduction to Yasui's style. There's going to be a lot of sunshiny, optimistic, just feel-good melodies today, but almost all of them have this rich jazz vocabulary. And it's just this great combination of fusion, jazz, pop, rock, 
uh, and it all comes together perfectly for video games. Well, and what I think is perfect for this being a Mega Man title, it does feel to me a little bit like it's following in the footsteps of Naoshi Mizuda's work in yes. Rockman and Forte, which Good also point, had well. a similar jazz kind of palette. I think these composers are compatible and their styles have some overlap. So I think it's great that they both got to do somewhat lesser known titles in the mm. Mega Man series because it cements that jazz fusion sound is part of that series. I would love to have at some point like like a collaboration between those two composers. I'm not sure if they ever find themselves in they similar play in a band. projects, but yeah, that, that would be really awesome. Okay, well now we're going to move on to a game which was released for the Xbox 360. And this is a little bit more blood pumping. Uh, he worked on this game with uh, a composer that we had a Mercado radio spotlight on, Yasuhiso Watanabe. Now one thing interesting is that Mercado radio spotlight, there's a couple tracks that I made a mistake and I included that were actually Yasui compositions, which is a little bit of a fun fact. But anyway, he was a composer that worked a lot with... Uh, uh, Yasui. So this is a game, I think, believe a shooter that was released again for the Xbox 360. We're going to play a couple tracks today. Let's start off with this one. Uh, we'll play another one later on. This is called Bust a Move, which is the first boss theme. Really, really high energy stuff. Let's take a listen. Now, this is what I'm talking about, folks. We need this to have a Marcato Brothers dance party. This absolutely. is too much. This is so badass. You guys are listening to Bust a Move, which is fittingly titled. This is the boss theme from Ginga Force, which was released for the 360. This is just vintage Yasui. It's just so blood pumping, so dancey, but so much more complex than you know a typical like synth dance track would be. Sure, and much more melodic and tuneful as well. You know, what I so love about this melody, and it reflects the overall groove of this song, is just that, but enough, but bam, but that, yeah. that opening phrase fills it with like so much syncopated energy. Mm-hmm. It just really gets you to want to dance. And that, mixed with the like high intensity, uh, really crafts in care in the production, it, it's kind of this, I don't know, you can't help but move. There's a lot of really talented Japanese fusion-style composers, such as Watanabe, Mm -hmm. such as many others that we feature on the podcast, but I gotta say that Yasui happens to be my personal favorite, because the way that he approaches jazz fusion, I think it's just in his essence, in his DNA, he always makes it 
palatable. Like, there's so many complex, crazy things going on, but you kind of digest it in a way that it always feels good. See, I think that's the video game music influence. To me, it's like, if you like classic video game music, you may like Yasui's work, but it expands upon that. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily like a, like a Jake Kaufman, where it feels more like it's trying to exist within that universe. Although, sure. I will say, a lot of Jake Kaufman things kind of go off and take but things in a farther direction. I see what you're direction. saying. I mean, he expands it more than Jake does. This is right. almost like video game music of the future. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like if that tradition had continued on mm -hmm. and had become the the primary sound of games today. Unfortunately, and we've talked about this for years on the show, that nowadays video games are this huge mass media and you have composers from film and television writing music that right. some of that linkage from the 80s and 90s is a little bit lost. But that's what's so great is in Japan, it's still alive. It still is like this viable, sustained element. And mm -hmm. that, that's what I really admire about a composer like Yasui-san because he is still doing that and in finding ways to make it feel fresh and different. Does he ever? Oh and my like gosh. Like you said, yeah, like if you compare it to Jazz Fusion, it's much more palatable and accessible. But if you compare it to retro game music, it's way more it's complicated. It's more advanced yeah. and it's more nuanced. It's kind of like, I don't know, training your ear to go from point A to point B. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so great. All right, now we're going to move on to the first thing we ever heard of Yasui. This is Mamaru Kun Curse. And I do believe we have to give shout out to our good buddy Carlos. I have a feeling yes. it was uh, maybe the first listener show and tell episode when he submitted a track from and this And speaking game. of Carlos, we have to mention we recently launched a new podcast on the Mercado Brothers Network, Heroes 3, hosted by our friend Carlos Matthew Tusaroni from Major Third and our brother Marty. That just came out last Wednesday. Very very exciting. So excited about that. You really can check excited that out. about that. Yeah. I'm excited to be on that podcast. I want to talk <laughs> about some of my favorite Kung Fu I movies. I just with love those listening guys. to it. So, this was a shoot 'em up arcade game that came out in 2009. So, still pretty uh, pretty new to the video game industry, uh, you know, in, in the scheme of things here. We're going to play a few more tracks from this wonderful game. The first one we're going to play uh, is Blossom Shower, once again composed by Yosuke Yasue. Let's take a listen. happy this is from mamaru kun curse the english title is mamaru has been cursed this is blossom shower this is just wonderful i so love his compositional voice there's certain little ornamental turns in the melodic mm -hmm. line that becomes signature to him yeah totally signature and to this game especially there's also certain production elements that i notice in a lot of the tracks where 
the way that the chords are presented, um, there's often all this little interesting filigree, these interesting mm. moving synth colors. I can't quite even pinpoint what they are, but they imply this whole other level of dissonance. Sure. Uh, I think that becomes more pronounced in uh, a track that we're going to hear later on. Yeah. Um, but if you hear the a lot of times, um, in addition to just playing chord tones, it's also creating a more dissonant atmospheric texture. That's something that I noticed about uh, Mamaru has been cursed. But I, yeah, I, I love just how you described it as sunshiny and happy. It's almost like this bubblegummy well, fun energy in this. It's whole such a series. unique combination of, of different energies. Another thing that I notice in, in a lot of his bridge sections, he usually has you know A, B, and then like a C that comes later. Mm-hmm. They almost so many of them start with a similar melodic phrase, dun where like it goes into something else, dun where it, it kinda he basically establishes a key center and then he'll he'll basically modulate for that bridge right. section. And so a lot of those bridge sections have like a similar starting melodic yeah, phrase. Yeah, you kind of establish a motive and you expect it to maybe it always lands on the major seventh but then this time now it's the third of yeah. a different chord or, like, or something like that. I think there's like at least that. three or four tracks I heard where the bridge section showed off with a dun 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 that kind of a rhythmic right. uh, idea is he just loves that thing so alright. And also the, the, the an interesting difference between when a phrase will enter on the and of four and when it'll enter on the downbeat. Yes yeah that's a huge difference. Alright let's move on to a really cool piece of music called Yo-Kai Disco. Here we go. One thing that I love about Yasui's music is it's so clear you're listening to uh, a young composer who's growing up in our modern times sure. because he has the advantage of drawing from more modern kinds of music as far as the production goes and the composition goes. This reminds me of a lot of uh, kind of modern pop music, modern dance music, uh, as well as some fusion, some dubstep elements for sure, modern electronic. He's kind of pulling from a lot of uh, different kinds of music and, and bringing it together into something that... It doesn't feel out of place for a video game, but like we said before, it feels like it's like the next generation. Right, but again, having this chord vocabulary that in this case sounds very 90s, like it sounds... Sure. Oh, that opening riff, some the, the voicing of the chords, the kind of uh, sharp 11 sound that you get, it reminds me actually of like stuff from the Dangerous album. You know, there's like a okay. Michael Jackson element. And then hearing the FM synth is also distinctly of the 80s and 90s, yeah. but it's also tied to video games games as well. Again, we've said this in so many different contexts on this show, but one of the great things about games in terms of how they present music is uh, from the very beginning, 
gamers have always been asked to use their imaginations. Whether it's because of primitive graphics or primitive sound, we've always had to kind of fill in the empty spaces in our minds. And I think what that's allowed us to do is to be more open to quirky, interesting amalgamations, whether mm-hmm. it's combining two different genres or in the case of what Koji Kondo decided, you know, back on the Super Nintendo days about, you know, what's the sound of video game music? It's combining different eclectic instruments that wouldn't normally be in an ensemble together. Sure. And we still see the remnants of that kind of thinking, say, with all of the, like, rock music that's poppy, but also has, like, solo violin in it. And mm-hmm. there, there's all these interesting, clever, outside-of-the-box ideas that come from video game music and come from game music composers. And I think that's one of the great things about this medium is it really has been a vehicle for musical freedom and musical creativity. And there's also so many people that are still active in the industry that really do have a reverence for the people that have come before them. That's another thing I'm so excited about that I will say when we started doing this show, I wasn't as aware of. And that mm-hmm. was actually one of the reasons why I think you and I wanted to start doing a podcast. Because we wanted to, to show really that Really celebrate that. Um, but yeah, it just in the last five years, I feel like there's been such an uprise. And, and it, you could argue that it started well before that too. But just um, a newfound love of video game culture, of game yep. music culture. Uh, yeah, it's. I think it's an exciting time, you know? It is a very exciting time. All right, let's move on to the last track we're going to play today from Mamaru Kun Curse. And this is kind of what started it all for us, uh, kind of our fascination with Yasui's music. This is Bless You Boy, which has kind of turned into just like a classic melody for all the Mercado brothers. We actually play this. We cover this in the Mercado band. It's just such a fun, crazy tune. Just so yeah. many fast changes. It, it, it kind of defies convention. Let's take a listen to Bless You Boy. masterful composer this is just such an amazing example of pushing the boundaries of composition to make a loop uh you know the song is about like a one minute 15 second loop um and what he what he jams into that loop to get back to that original key is just so crazy those end chord changes on that final bridge section just wild it's so free it's so jazzy but it has a very memorable and in some ways kind of pure melody uh, on top of it. It's there just are all of these borrowed chord substitutions. You know, you'll have a dominant seventh chord that turns into a minor seventh mm-hmm. chord, and now we're in a different key, and then going back and forth between those two keys. Like, there's really inventive stuff, and I think you bring up a good point, Carl. The length of this loop is 
pretty average for the retro old school days of game music. So, a little so over a minute. So in that sense, yeah. the form is pretty normal. But yeah, again, on, he goes on all these harmonic adventures that feel very <laughs> daring and borrowed from yeah. different genres. But then contrast to that idea. So it's like we have something more basic, then we have something more experimental. But then again on the more, and I don't want to say basic because that sounds like it's dismissive, but a very accessible and catchy melody. Yes. So these are the things that um, like glue hold all of these elements together. And what mm -hmm. I love, it's clearly giving reverence to the older days of specifically Japanese video game music, yet he's really forging his own path and has a distinct and unique voice. Another thing I'm always reminded of whenever I listen to this track, now that we play it, mm -hmm. is just how much better the original <laughs> version is than what we're able it's to do. It's impossible to capture this. Because it's so busied yeah. in chaotic. There, there's so many like flurries and twinkles and just yeah. like really specific rhythmic things that are really hard to do yeah, live. Yeah, I was noticing like a we lot do our of, best. Uh, you know, in, in our version, we play a lot of, I don't want to say bastardized, but simplified chords, you know, major sevenths, yeah. minor sevenths, uh, major nines, minor nines, things like that. But he has all of these like flat nine chords and diminished chords and yeah. you know it, it, things are changing moment to moment to moment to moment in a way that again it's like I was describing some of those twinkly filigree lines are really painting a picture of the harmony more so than just you know sustained block chords for sure well I'm excited to move on to something very obscure now there are some pieces we're playing today that I kind of had to do some digging and uh, some of them might be from super obscure Japanese He's only games. Some of them might be maybe unreleased music. Some of them are just music that he's released uh, on, maybe on his SoundCloud. You know, he's one of these composers that writes a lot of music, and we can relate to this. Sometimes it doesn't make a game. Sometimes he's just inspired to, to make music. So there's going to be some examples of that later, which is really cool. Let's move on to, I believe this is a DS game, a Japanese only. It's called Kekeashi Kokubaru Shurai. And I don't really know anything about this game, but this is uh, called the battle theme, and it's not going to sound like typical DS music. We'll talk a little bit about it after we play it. Let's take a listen to battle theme composed by Yosuke Yasui. This is amazing. Now, when I first heard this, I was like, whoa, this sounds like MSX or like yeah. <laughs> VRC6 or something. So it was definitely created with some sort of retro tracker, but it is, you know, a DS game right here. Man, this is this the is battle good. theme. This has to be my favorite track of the day. First so of all, far, I love yeah. the melody. I love the chip 
sound, particularly that almost square sawtooth bass. Yep. Is really kind of, I don't know, I'm, I'm really digging it. It's Konami. That. I think this has one of the best melodies. Again, really interesting chords. I'm noticing, um, there's, again, one of his little, that, yep. that, that's like a little melodic trademark. Uh, another kind of earmark of Yasui Sun's music is the use of this. Uh, kind of altered dominant chord, whether you'd call it a sharp 11 or an augmented 5 chord. He loves that he chord. He loves doing it, and what I find so effective about his use is sometimes he'll be sustained on that 5 chord for a long time, and by having that augmented, you know, you either would call it a flat 6 or a raised 5th scale degree to mm -hmm. the chord, it gives you this, like, weightlessness. A you sense know, of it's freedom. It's a striking sounding triad that you, like, don't even... You can move in and out of it freely. There's right. one thing I'll say about uh, Yasui's compositions is that he is not afraid to kind of do things over and over again if they work. Like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. He has these techniques that they always sound good, so he's not shy to reuse some of these techniques. Sure. Well, That's I something mean, I respect. part of his chord language. You know, it, it, to me, it's the sum of all these things that create a piece of music. You know, using a flat nine chord isn't a piece of music. You know, using an augmented chord... You know that that's not that's not one's identity. It's, right. it's all of those ideas. It's it's the rhythmic. It's, it's how the you timbre, use those ideas. It's the melody. Yeah. It's all those things coming together that create a piece of music and create this composer's voice. Well, I'm excited to move on to a game that musically feels like. Uh, the successor to Mamoru Kun Curse. It really feels like uh, it came out r pretty much right after. It was a couple years after. And this was for the Xbox 360. It was another shooter. And it really feels like he was taking what was successful about that. It was really maybe his first time doing a soul soundtrack and was very popular and successful, all things considered. Kind of pushing it to the boundaries. So really awesome soundtrack we're going to move on to. The game is called Eschados. It's a shooter which came out for the 360 in 2011. We're going to play quite a few tracks from this today. Uh, let's start off with, I think we're going to play one track and then I believe we will cut to our interview with Yusui-san. Let's take a listen to Survive from Eschados.
One of the most effective ways of using old sounds such as FM synth, but bringing it into the modern sphere because the production techniques that he's using, he's not limiting himself to the old kind of style of mixing. Like it sounds like True. much more rocking and modern because he's using those old sounds, but really bringing them into a new era. Well, and it sounds like there's, you know, reverb and compression and other Which I like. effects on it. Yeah, it, it, it does sit well with those. Re- I mean, yeah, there's no getting around the sound of those retro synths. Yeah. And uh, I also imagine there aren't the voice limitations that would have existed. It depends on the project. The There's some projects where, where that there there is that. But right, yeah. if it's using a tracker or something. But yeah, I, I completely agree this is like the spiritual successor to Mamario Has Been Cursed because... Yeah, the same kind of bubbly, high energy, similar production elements, similar sounding synths. Again, this music, I, if I if I had never heard it on the podcast, I, I would know that it would be right up your alley. Yeah. Because <laughs> you had a band in college called Apartment 4 that mm-hmm. was a very similar aesthetic where it was... It was like a love letter to video game music. It was a love letter to pop music of the 80s and 90s, but largely instrumental stuff, colorful synths, but with drums and mm-hmm. bass and guitar. And Just like a lot less complicated energy. than Sui's right. music is. Well, guys, now I think it's the perfect time to listen to our wonderful interview with the incredible Yusuke Yusui. Let's take a listen. Yasui-san, thank you so much for taking the time to answer our questions today. We've been such a big fan of your music ever since we heard your work on Mamoru-kun Curse. And we're very curious, because so much of your music is jazzy, do you have some particular jazz influences, and do they influence your compositions? I get a lot of inspiration from other video game composers. While I do enjoy a lot of music outside of games, I find that video game composers have influenced my music more than anything else. In terms of jazz, though, a few specific names that come to mind are Koichi Namiki, Takenobu Mitsuyoshi, Ayako Sasso, Yasuhisa Watanabe, Tamayo Kawamoto, and Naoshi Mizuta. I love music that's catchy, but with chord progressions that are also unexpected and exciting. That's so wonderful that you mentioned those names because they're some of our favorite composers as well. And we definitely hear a lot of uh, symbiosis between uh, the music of all those gentlemen you mentioned and yourself. I'm a little bit curious, what's your process for making FM synth or Mega Drive music? What software do you use? I use Cubase for most of the music I make. I also heavily use VOPM and FM Drive when I want to capture the frequency modulation synthesis. They are great tools. You know, you mentioned that you were influenced by so many great video game, other video game composers. Do you happen to have particular favorite video game soundtracks, ones that maybe uh, just mean a lot to you personally or inspired your work as a composer? Dragon Spirit is one of the reasons that I now love video game music. I've also always loved Dragon Slayer 4 Drazzle Family since I was a child. Yuzo Koshiro's melodies and harmonies are so timeless and beautiful. Other favorites of mine are Ajax, Metal Hawk, Galaxy Force, The Scheme, 
Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse, Sonic the Hedgehog, Rolling Thunder 2, Street Fighter, Thunder Force 4, Kaiser Knuckle, Mystic Warriors, Salamander 2. Sorry, I could go on and on and on. <laughs> well, it sounds like we're definitely of the same mind when it comes to some of those soundtracks. For sure. I'm curious, just touching briefly about your musical background as a composer, what instruments do you play? Honestly, I can barely play a single instrument. But I really want to learn, so I've been practicing guitar and bass quite a bit lately. I can play guitar, bass, and keys well enough to come up with ideas, but not enough to perform. Hopefully I'll keep improving. Well, that's really inspiring to hear because I just have to say, as performers ourselves, especially when we've played some of your music before, it feels so intuitive to play and it definitely feels like it was composed by an excellent performer. So as composers ourselves, uh, that's really inspiring to know and that very it's impressive. about the craft. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm very curious. I imagine you started to play video games at a young age and were a fan of music at a young age. But when exactly did you first uh, try your hand at composing music yourself? The first time I wrote music was when I was 15 years old. I knew absolutely nothing about songwriting, so it was a horrible piece. But I enjoyed it, and so I kept at it, and eventually I started to improve and create pieces that were a bit better, thankfully. Well, I'll say so. <laughs> well, I'm sure you're being very humble by, by saying that. Well, I'm curious, just looking at your entire body of work, what project or what piece of music was maybe your favorite and why? I would have to say Mamorukun Curse and Eschados. Those were two video games that I had the pleasure of composing for, and they have my favorite types of retro video game music. I'm happy with how they turned out. I think the music I made for those video games will always have a special place in my heart. I have to say those are some of our favorites as well. Mamaru has been cursed. That fantastic soundtrack is how we first discovered your music, and we've really enjoyed playing uh, Bless You Boy, one of our favorite pieces from that game, in several occasions in uh, live settings in our band. So we're very grateful for all of that incredible music. It's so wonderful. So one thing that we're very curious about is your actual process when you're composing. When you have an idea, how do you begin? For example, do you start with a melody first and the chord second? Or do you maybe come up with the bass first? What is the most important element to a song, in your opinion? Great question. When I'm writing music, I typically start on a keyboard and begin by laying down the chords and bass lines. I think that throughout the process, once a specific melody is in place, I try to think about what kinds of harmonies would go well with it. However, when I'm staring at keys and writing music, I find myself often limited by my own hand and finger movements. That's when I'll switch over to guitar. That offers me new ideas. The most important things structurally, in my opinion, when writing music are the melodies and harmonies. For music in a club or live setting though, the groove is the most important.
Well, and I think what's great about your music is that it's able to marry all those elements, the groove, the melody, the harmony, uh, the bass lines, everything is so intricately composed, but also effortless and satisfying on that innate level that really makes you want to dance. Yeah, it just feels so good. Well, the last question we have for you, Yasui-san, is particularly about the old school video game sound. In your opinion, what exactly is it about those retro video game sounds, such as the FM synth, whether it's the Mega Drive or PC-88, MSX, what is it about those sounds that appeal so much to you? Do you think those old sounds affect your composition, or would you perhaps compose the same way with modern sounds? Retro and nostalgic sounds such as FM synths have always been part of my childhood aspirations. It's definitely a tug at my heartstrings. But it's not just the types of sounds, it's how they're used. When I try to write music with an homage to older melodies, I try to be conscious of MML, short for Music Macro Language, limitations from back in the day as I select musical notes. I find that doing so makes the music more clear and memorable. I really love writing in this style. Well, Yasui-san, we are so grateful for not only all of the incredible soundtracks that you've given us and some of the greatest melodies of the last decade, in our opinion, in the world of game music, but we really appreciate you answering our questions today. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for interviewing me. That was such a treat to get to have a little bit more insight into the mind, the the wonderful genius musical mind of Yasuki Yasui. So that was fun. A little bit of a different process, obviously, than our typical interviews. Obviously more brief and maybe kind of more to the point, but we we really cherish uh, that interview. And once again, thank you so much, Yasui-san, for taking the time. We also have to thank two other individuals that helped this interview come to life. Mm-hmm. Our good friend Frank Merklowitz, who actually plays keyboards in uh, your Soul band, Carl yeah. and Soul Surgeons, uh, as well as our incredible translator. Uh, Mia Uchida. So she did a great job translating. She also helped us with our previous project, translating the uh, Manami Matsumai interview. So we always love working with Mia. We'll post a link to um, uh, maybe one of her profiles on the actual post on our website. And then Frank was was kind enough to overdub uh, in, in English the, the answers uh, that Yusuke uh, sent to yeah, us. It was so. really a treat to get to hear that stuff because as we mentioned in the interview and earlier today on the episode... It's really fun to get the opportunity to play some of our favorite video game music in yeah. the Marcado band. And I, I find that when you have experience performing a piece of music, you kind of start to think about it on a more inside level and the well, inner think, machinations of it. Well, one of the reasons we had the idea to interview Yasui is because he was very supportive when, when we tweeted at him that we performed Bless You Boy. He retweeted it and said, thank you so much for playing my music. And he was so excited that we were performing it. So that was kind of a, what kind of started the, the door of communication between us. So very thankful for that. All right, let's get back to into it. We're going to play a lot more music today from Estrados. Let's continue and move on to a track called Silver Line.
classic. You guys are listening to Silver Lining from the Shooter Estados, composed by Yosuke Yasui. Such a treasure. I am just so excited to hear his future work. Gosh, he's just the best. Yeah, again, on today's episode, it just feels like every single track is getting better and better. <laughs> but it's, it's not um, chronological, we should say. Sure. But yeah. Just I think you're right. So much incredible music, great melodies, infectious groove. Carl, you were really admiring the bass writing in this particular track. But again, I just so marvel at his chord choices. It was interesting hearing him talk about his musical background because um, I, I think he was probably just being very humble, but he didn't talk about much formal training and it sounds like it was very intuitive yet he uses this sophisticated chord vocabulary that is definitely beyond his years i would say so what that tells me is not only is he influenced by all of those composers he mentioned mm-hmm. but he has a really good ear too because he's been able to dig inside kind of the the dna of what makes that music great and that's really inspiring to me because honestly that's how i feel like i developed as a composer is listening to game music trying to understand it and you know add some paragraphs to the letter of mm. i don't know that whole world you well know? he's got to have a good ear because if he is being honest about the fact that he can barely play an instrument how is his writing for those instruments so amazing See, that's and why spot I love, on that's why i love composing because you kind of get to almost be like god in a sense where you can like float around and take as much time you need to work on any yeah, specific lines are just some of the absolute funkiest and most intricate and just impressive that I've ever heard like in any medium mm-hmm. in any genre his bass lines one of the reasons I was so excited to do bless you boy is to be able to transcribe that bass part verbatim and to hear it with it's really hard Marty has a hard time playing that bass line these are bass lines that are not necessarily intended to be performed mm-hmm. but when you get to hear there's something quite special right. about it all right let's move on to a really cool track again from his shadows this is massive x Yasui-san is not afraid to get out. This is a very out track. You guys listening to Massive X from His Shadows. Polytonal, maybe, in a way? Absolutely polytonal. The melody is in a completely different major key than what the chords sound like they're in. And the chords themselves are very dense and kind of like polychords already. So I'm glad that we're playing It's a high this. level of dissonance, but the thing that's interesting is you can still tell that the melody is very catchy. You know, yeah. the way it's composed, the rhythms of it, the internal repetition, it's a very catchy melody, but it's set under this almost disturbing experimental well, texture. And I'm really glad we're playing this because this is kind of the first introduction of Yasui getting, getting to a place that's so experimental where it actually is at times jarring but he's able to marry it with just enough 
like fun syncopation and cool grooviness that you're able to accept it. And I think uh, the track of the week this week, once we get to it, is the perfect example of that, where it's incredibly experimental and at times dissonant and jarring, but at the same time, it feels so good. Well, what's great about jazz harmony, and I'm actually reminded of somebody like Frank, uh, who just <laughs> recorded mm-hmm. that interview for us, um, in his style, where it's like, what's great about jazz harmony is that over the years it's really developed and gotten so complex and so out there Mm -hmm. that truly I know it's a cliche but there is no such thing as a wrong note if you play it confidently with some sort of logic you know I had a professor in college who said if you if you make a mistake and I've heard this before uh, in jazz just play it twice and then it becomes a confident idea (laughs) right (laughs) there's a lot of truth to that right and I mean I think there are a lot of kind of cliche proverbs along that line Mm -hmm. but I think a track like this really does emphasize that it's like yeah, you can consider those notes polytonal, or you can actually choose to understand them in the context of those chords. And they are explainable. You just have to use a lot of numbers. You just have to keep <laughs> skipping notes. Eventually, you'll get to it. 15, right. 17, 19. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a last funny quote. Um, uh, one of my favorite professors at uh, my college I went to, Dr. McDonald, he had a great, and this was just, he was trying to be funny. He said, there's no, there's no such thing as wrong notes, only wrong people. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is great. All right, let's move on to the last track we're going to play for Machados today. This is Stellar Light. Yummy chord changes here. This is Stellar Light from Machado's. Wonderful example of how he combines two things that feel like they don't want to go together, but he makes a case for them going together so naturally. But it's one of those things where don't try this at home, kids, because it, it typically doesn't work. You have to have just like such a strong gift for creating interlocking uh, rhythms like syncopations and very strong melodies that's the only way to make something like this work those chords are so out there but it doesn't feel like this kind of academic experiment they do have have function like there's that one really striking moment that's kind Mm -hmm. of like a chord built on the flat second scale degree um, with like a different note in the bass it's really kind of wild I think the reason why this works too is because he might start let's say you have like an 8 
measure sequence, uh, right? He might start it off with a lot of really surprising modulations and chords that don't really make a whole lot of sense, but he'll always end it with a proper cadence, right? He'll always right. end it with something that does feel very kind of inevitable, and I think yeah. it's that balance. Yeah, there's a certain chord moves that you do actually hear a lot in video game music, but have sort of become part of that whole language. All right, we're going to move on to another very obscure game. The game is called Omega 5, and I wasn't able to find out really any information on this game, but other than the fact that um, Yosuke Yasue composed for it. Let's take a listen to a track called The Glacial Fortress. Here we go. funkier than this oh my gosh yeah if you listen to those bass parts soloed i you I mean i feel like any any composer would just be floored the the subtle and effective use of portamento on the bass every once in a while he goes doing doing to doing 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 and it just it feels almost like you're seeing a bass player like sliding up the fretboard it's just really funky the bass rhythms on this are just very infectious i also like the little chromatic touches in the melody it gives it almost like a spanish flavor yeah absolutely and just some really cool modulations where he he goes to a new key and then he goes to another key just for about like two measures and then goes back to the original key what's so cool is he really has a distinct sound wouldn't you say absolutely you know it's it's rem i it's definitely inspired by the likes of Yuzo Koshir and some of the early PC-88 Mega Drive composers, but um, he's not afraid to, to go off in directions that some of those composers might have said, okay, that's, that's too far. You know, Maybe at the time it was too far. Right. And maybe for that game in the 80s and 90s it would have been too far, but he's just offered some of this freedom that he gets with maybe the smaller games he's working on, the modern... Well, I also think he really enjoys... Like, I I was just talking about this last week, there is this fun element to the challenge of, like, how what's the most wild, out there, intense full sounding Mm -hmm. piece I can create within these limitations. Those limitations do really spark your imagination. And that's why I brought up the concept of imagination because it's not just for gamers Mm -hmm. and people listening to music where they have to use their imagination, but it really forced composers and artists to be creative and find innovative solutions to problems. And I I think that's why there is still such a community in, you know, say like the, the demo scene 
still and mm. with you know chiptune composers because there there's something not just attractive about those instruments but more specifically those limitations and I got to say that after kind of dissecting some of his music, not just for the Mercado Band, but just for the sake of uh, education, there's so much happening in his music. It's so dense, so complicated. The fact that he is as humble as he is saying that, oh, I can barely play an instrument and uh, just, you know, not, he's just the opposite of a pretentious composer. When you listen to his music, it's just doubly impressive because this is someone who has the natural gift for composing music that is just unlike anyone else I've ever heard. So let's move on to another interesting sound for the Nintendo DS here, okay? Uh, similar to that, that other DS game we played, let's play this first and then talk about how this does not sound like typical Nintendo DS music. I guess maybe I will preface it with one thing. Apparently, I learned that the Nintendo DS does have a PSG, a programmable synth generator, right? So apparently he was able to tap into that to make music that sounds like old school, you know, 8-bit stuff on the DS. Let's take a listen to, uh, <laughs> this is from a game, apparently it's like an English grammar training game in Japan. Okay, and that's pretty groovy. <laughs> and the out. music, I mean, you, you never know listening to the music. It's called New Itango Target 1900 DS. Let's take a listen to Counter-Strike. reason I wanted to include this today is because it's clear to me that this is an attempt from Yasuke Yasui to actually go back and honor the old school style of video game music that he, that inspired him. Oh, he's think? actually not. <laughs> he's not uh, doing all the crazy bells and whistles that he would do and maybe hit his, you know, his sure. kind of typical style. He still gets some of that stuff, like that moment we just had, but we're like almost like the whole rhythm section, so to speak, is like locked in on that sure. groovy syncopation. Those hits. That but almost never happened in the old days where they just have this like locked drum and bass groove. That's true. But overall, it's definitely more reined in totally. than most of his but that's music. Why, see, that's, this is what I love is he's almost like I don't know unaware necessarily of how that, that like even w trying to be restrained mm -hmm. he just can't help his natural musical instincts yeah which is why I'm such an ambassador of doing you know chip stuff like this I really think it's it's a good exercise and I know that it seems like a, a fairly modern thing you know you're using this tool from maybe the 80s or 90s but really, composers for centuries have, have been doing things like this. Exercises, you know, composition teachers for hundreds of years have been telling their students to, you know, have been forcing their students into specific boxes. You need to compose a piece under these parameters sure. and go. I think it's just a good exercise for any creative artist to be able to work within strict limitation. Well, I'm excited to move on to this week's track of the week. 
Me too. It was a real easy choice for us. This is kind of the apex of his ability to combine something that is so experimental, so out there, at times just an overload for the senses, but at the end of the day, it's undeniable. When it comes back and it loops again and you hear it again, you're just like, damn, that feels good. It feels so, so good. This comes to us from a compilation album. It's not from a video game. It's a compilation album called Megalomachia 2, which features a lot of very talented Japanese kind of jazzy composers, right? Uh, This is a track called Super Reflex, um, and it just has become a staple of the podcast. We adore it. If anyone hasn't heard it, we're very excited to unveil it, maybe for some of you today. Let's take a listen to Super Reflex. Smokes, you guys are listening to Super Reflex from Megalomachia 2, composed by the one and only Yosuke Yasui. Oh my goodness, what a what a unique talent! It just I could listen to this and dissect it for hours and hours. And okay, I, let's I do have, that. I have <laughs> in weeks, and it still it still blows my it blows my mind. I mean, let's just talk about the drum part. Uh, knows when to make it crazy. Knows when to accentuate all those you know complex fills and hits but then he knows when to rein it in for example when the verse comes in he starts it off with no backbeat and then the second time he brings the backbeat in mm-hmm. he knows when to double things the bass part is just out of control it, it's just insane i know on his soundcloud he's done a lot of cool remixes and arrangements of this and mm-hmm. other people have too it's a very popular track in the in the kind of underground video game scene one of the coolest things about it is the melodic rhythm that yeah it's like delayed for <laughs> just like an eighth note longer it's, than you would expect it's just a little bit wrong and it feels so right. It, right that's kind of the first time i heard it was like something's off but i love it yeah and it's the meter change well it's the same is that melodic concept there's no such thing as wrong notes you know using in an upsetting rhythm that can actually be acceptable. <laughs> if you have confidence with yeah, it. And yeah, and it's about what's around it and how it's presented and that how is everything too is locked good. together. That is too good. I know we've played it a lot on the podcast, but there might be some new listeners that haven't heard it. So what an amazing piece of music. All right. 
That's the track of the week. Let's now move on. So in addition to being a great composer, Yasuki Yasui is a very talented and prolific remixer and arranger. He's had a lot of work in games and different arrange albums, remixing other people's work. Uh, he just loves to do that. He's, you know, he said in the interview that he's influenced by a lot of these other game composers. So let's play uh, an arrangement he did. This is from Mushihime-sama arrange version. And this name of this track is Starfall Village. Now it's actually arranging uh, a classic arcade shooter track from Battle Garega, which was composed by Manabu Namiki, which I believe was a name he actually mentioned. So let's take a listen to his arrangement, Starfall Village. wonderful uh a lot of his work is credited as arrangements but really he composes so much music in these arrangements there's a lot of new melodies here he's really taking this original track i believe it's called fly to the laden sky from battle garega and he's almost making it unrecognizable like the the opening arpeggios are are very similar but he really takes yeah, it into that, that, a lot of different you know, directions like a yeah. great new three Yasuiism. yeah he's wonderful at writing these really brief but iconic and striking motives to kind of center his melodies around. They're often very ascending and having large leaps, like Bless You Boy has ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sure. This has da-da-da. You know, these really iconic sequences of notes. I and think like that I happens said, with a lot of great Japanese composers. But a, a lot of his bridges start with dun-dun, right. dun-dun. <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, he, he's, he's open about what his influences are, and I think that's something that I've always been really inspired by is something very almost primal in a melody where it's, it can just catch you right away. Yasui's also one of those guys who you kind of can trust him to, to keep bringing the goods because he's very aware of how he gets the music that, that he's able to achieve. It's not one of those people like, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of, you know, it inspires me and I just go with it. You know, it's not abstract. Like, he's just one of those people who I get the sense he can just time and time again deliver the goods. Right. So let's move on to... Now, he's kind of made a name for himself for these retro soundtracks, but he is every once in a while tasked with more of a modern sound. So let's take a listen to a track he did for the game Technic Beat, which has a really cool soundtrack. Let's take a listen to Brisa Domar.
What a breath of fresh air. It definitely cleared that uh, Yasui has a lot of other things to say. This is a, <laughs> a, a pretty early uh, work from him for the video game industry. One of the first things he did. This is Technic Beat, which is an arcade music game. Um, also, you know, came out, I believe, for the PS2. God, uh, it's just crazy, cool. the confidence, both with the chord language, the melody, the production... Man, this is just staggeringly great. How fun are those vocals? That's just so fun. And and I also just love that. It almost sounds like an English horn or an oboe in its low register for the melody. There's a lot of breathiness to the sound and the the pizzicato strings with those uh, claves. It's Uh, very loungy. Yeah, a lounge music, production music sound to it, but also distinctly VGM. What a treat. All right, it's time to move on to the last track of the day here. This is another one from Ginga Force, and we've played this before. Uh, this is him basically taking what you know what he's successful at doing and kind of cranking it up to 11 very dancey very blood pumping let's take a listen to aeronaut from ginga force Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today for our Season 11 finale, focusing on a little bit of a lesser-known composer in the video game industry. We're so glad to be able to shine a little more of light on his music. So talented. Thank you again, Yasui-san, for taking the time to answer those questions. It was interesting to conduct an interview in a little bit of a different way, but it's something we may want to revisit in the future. Yeah. We just had a wonderful time today. Yeah, this was such a blast. I mean, just an incredible playlist of music, which is always a nice thing, and such a treat to get to sit down and talk with Yasui-san, so we we would really like to thank him once again for his time. We also have to thank Mia, our translator, as well as our friend Frank for helping us out with putting this interview together. Well, guys, I'm sad to say this concludes Season 11. What a ride it's been. Our podcast. Yeah, we'll be back with you again next week with the premiere of Season 12. You guys may remember, usually we like to start off seasons with a little bit more of kind of a prepared editorial style episode, Mm -hmm. so you can look forward to that and you know we've just had a wonderful time this season thank you to all of our new listeners for joining us all of the wonderful emails and comments and and just love that we've received lately you guys are the best thanks to all of our patrons we're going to have a decent amount of uh, more patreon episodes coming up early next season a lot more uh, friends we're going to have on the show just a lot of fun things planned for season 12 we do have a patreon if you're interested in supporting us there you can find us on itunes and subscribe to us there Uh, a lot of people are nice enough to leave itunes reviews which really helps the show you can uh, follow us on twitter like us on facebook and we're also on youtube you can subscribe to us there we have a lot of uh mercado band has posted a lot of cool covers and oh you know just other other fun videos related to to games and game music uh and also uh last thing to mention is our discord server we have our own little spot for for mercado the mercado fam to nerd out about anything related to music or games (laughs) so that's been really fun uh if anyone is curious and and doesn't have the link for that let us know we can definitely provide you uh an invite 
invite for that Discord server. That's that's a, been a really fun way to communicate with you guys. Absolutely, and we have to plug once again Heroes Three Adventures in Asian Cinema, the newest member of the Marcado Brothers Network, Exciting. hosted by Marty, Matthew, and Carlos. That's coming out every other Wednesday. We just had the inaugural episode last week talking about uh, the breakout film for Jackie Chan, Snake and Eagle Shadow. You guys Classic. can also uh, check out underscore kind of uh, uh, the brother podcast to this show that I, Marty and I host about film music. This has been a really exciting year, kind of expanding the podcast into uh, this network. It's been so much fun. So thank you so much for coming on this ride with us and we'll catch you next time. Sounds good. My name is Carl Brueggemann and I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out. Peace out.